0: And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Translators on Air. My name is Dmitry Kornyuhov. I'm your host. Uh, Join me today, my incredible co-host, Elena de Hi, Elena. Hi, everyone. And our guest today, Martina Russo. Hi, Martina.
1: Hello, guys.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Martina. Uh, Martina is an Italian and Swiss-Italian marketing translation specialist and owner of Moving Words Translation. Uh, she also established freelancer. Uh, she's also established freelancer at work to help entrepreneurs and freelancers advertise their services and attract business uh, wherever they go through custom-made laptop decals. Uh, with multiple degrees and certifications in translation, marketing, website localization, and copywriting, Martina has been offering marketing translation services for her clients for over seven years. And when she's not working, she can be found outdoors climbing a mountain or. Uh, snowboarding down down one. <laughs> so in this episode, yeah. we're going to be talking about social selling and what it is, uh, how to network online, and how can LinkedIn help you market your services and promote your translation business. Uh, but before we jump to the topic of this uh, conversation, I would like to make a few announcements, as always. Uh, the fifth season of Translators on Air has been sponsored by our friends at Smartcat. Smartcat developed a great platform where you can find more work uh, collaborate with other translators, uh, use the cat tool absolutely for free. And if this is something you are interested in, check out SmartCAD by clicking the green button below this video, or if you're watching or listening this in the recording, uh, you can always visit the first link in the description. All right, we have quite a few people tuning in. Uh, thank you so much for joining everyone. Uh, hello, Becky, Charlotte, Hagen, Daniela, Sudeep, Ricardo, Olga, Andrea, Dante, Steven, Sharif, uh, Xantra, Rosa, Anna, Luis, Sparras, Maxine, uh, Ismarie, uh, Erin, Martina, uh, Jose, Lucia, Federica, Macarena, Richard, John, Monica, Marcela, Daniel, Jose, Caro, Yelena, Jose, <laughs> Yelena, and Marisa. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, I apologize if I uh, mispronounced any of your names. I didn't mean to do that. We have quite an international crowd here. Uh, and for us, Eastern Europeans, it's always quite confusing when we have different names from different cultures. So I apologize for that. Uh, for those of you who are watching this for the first time ever, because I can see we have quite a few new places here, uh, this is a live webinar. You can actively participate in the discussion. You can use the chat window on the right-hand side. And uh, I can see that are a lot of people are saying hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, you can say hi and hello. Where are you from? What languages you work with? Uh, what are your fields of uh, uh, specialization and whether or not you're using LinkedIn for marketing. I have also created a couple of polls. Uh, if you look below this video stream, you will see an ask a question section and polls section. Uh, you can check out these uh, polls, uh, take them. Uh, it will help us better understand uh, whether or not you're using LinkedIn, uh, whether or not you have any kind of success with it, and it will help us shape the, uh, the flow of this conversation. Uh, You can also post your questions. Uh, Martina, Yelena and I will be more than happy to answer them. Uh, There is an ask a question section below this video. Uh, Quite a lot of questions have been posted there. You can upload the questions that you really like or you can post your own questions there. And of course, these webinars are best enjoyed with friends and colleagues. I have just opened a couple more spots uh, uh, and if you are not super busy, Share the link uh, to this webinar on your social networks, for example, Facebook, Twitter, or even LinkedIn. And invite your friends and colleagues to join us. Uh, More people, more fun. All right, Martina, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm great, and you? (laughs) Thank you for the really nice presentation for having me here, it's really nice. Hi everyone, I see a few people from Italy as well, so that's very nice. Yeah, Martina,
0: and, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. And uh, this topic, I think uh, LinkedIn is, is a pretty hot topic. Uh, whenever I go on social media, for example, Facebook groups for translators, I see the topic of LinkedIn popping up quite often. And uh, some people have success with it. Some people are not quite successful. Uh, but before we jump to this whole uh, LinkedIn thing, Uh, Can you please quickly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit, a few things about yourself and how you end up in this beautiful profession?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I've been doing this for seven, eight years now and I kind of ended up doing it randomly, but it was also the only thing that I, like in retrospect, it's just my thing. So I've always been quite good at languages. and. I've, you know, I moved abroad when I was 19, and then I, I came back to Italy, and somehow I ended up studying translation. Um, I don't even know how it happened, but it happened, and then I just started doing my first project, uh, you know, the first horrible project, and then, and then it gradually, you know, started getting better and better. Also, I think seven, eight years ago, we didn't have as much information as we have nowadays. We didn't have all these webinars, all these things that are now targeted to translators, and that's made a huge difference so um, yeah and I've sort of ended up doing marketing translation because in my first um, three years degree was actually translation interpreting and communication so I had confidence of marketing in my degree and then it's just something that I've always enjoyed doing um, you know just the, also the directness of marketing um, and then I've just sort of specialized in marketing and that's yeah, that's me today.
0: <laughs> so, uh, may I ask you a question? Why do you uh, use LinkedIn to market your translation services? What What's so special about this platform?
1: Okay, so, um, I mean, LinkedIn is this huge directory of companies, but most importantly of people who work at these companies. And I don't think that you have any other place where you can actually get in touch with a, you know, decision maker so easily. You can just go and click connect and just send a personalized message and you can talk to the CEO of a company and you cannot, I don't think you can do that that easily anywhere else. Um, Of course, you can do, you know, you can try and get in touch with the company itself on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook, but it's more of an open um, platform and it's hard to get in touch with a decision maker themselves. Whereas on LinkedIn, you have the chance of um, prospecting or, you know, even just getting in touch with these people. And you have the chance of um, just constantly being on the radar of these people. And it's a much – it's, and also you have the chance of really niching down and creating your own network. Whereas when you are on Twitter or on Facebook, you kind of have – you know, followers or people who follow your page, and it's really hard to kind of Indeed. get your, your niche, you know, to follow you. You cannot really control that, Whether whether um, whereas on LinkedIn you can accept or deny requests, you can go after, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. the people that you want to connect with. And so that's, I think, the main thing. And then before actually we dive into the LinkedIn topic, I wanted to say something about social selling because um, that's the main point of LinkedIn. The you know in um, nowadays cold prospecting doesn't really work that well anymore, and the the chance of just using a platform to just build relationships and maintain relationships and just be the expert. Um, establish yourself as as the expert in your specific field. LinkedIn just is basically based on that and so it makes it so much easier for you to do all of that.
0: Yeah makes perfect sense. Uh, so uh, and you think that doing networking online is kind of important, right?
1: Yes, of course. I mean networking is always important. Some of my best clients and best projects come from networking with colleagues but also Networking with, of course, uh, people out of uh, out of our industry. So it's it's really important, both offline and online. And for me specifically, and I think for many of us, because we, uh, I mean, we are people who work remotely. And in my case, I always like to be also in remote places. So
2: if I didn't have online networking, it would be really hard for me to network with businesses. And uh, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that probably LinkedIn is the best place to network because people who are uh, on LinkedIn are there for it, basically. Because if you try to network with someone, uh, say, on Facebook, uh, people might not be up for it because they have their personal pages. And uh, I'm sure that some people prefer to keep work and uh, their personal lives separate. And LinkedIn was actually specially made for that. So people are ready uh, to be approached and that probably will probably be more responsive when you talk to them about work right yes
1: definitely I mean I for one don't like when even colleagues unless we know each other personally I would probably not accept your, your um, French re- re- request on Facebook because mm-hmm. I don't know you and Facebook for me is, is you know my, my private sphere and whether mm-hmm than LinkedIn, which is basically just built for networking for business purposes. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a deep place to be for lead generation networking and everything, you know, B2B, social selling. Yeah.
2: Can you talk a bit more about social selling? What it is, how it works? What are some do's and don'ts of social selling? So the thing is, with social selling is basically you uh, as I was saying earlier,
1: you build relationships and you maintain those relationships so mm-hmm. with with your prospects. So instead of interrupting someone's day to offer to pitch or services or products or whatever, you just do your thing, you provide value um, you know, through whatever platform you choose. So we're going to be talking about LinkedIn today, so let's just say LinkedIn. Yeah. So you um just do your thing, you provide value, you put out there like, content that's relevant to your target um customers and market. And so in that way you kind of are on their radar all the time. And at that time, you know, uh, when they actually need you, they will know where to find you. So they basically come to you instead of it being the other way around. Yeah, and anyone who does this kind of has some basics of social selling covered already. It's just something that you need to master properly. Um, also because we all spend so much time on social media already. And so we are much more prone to, uh, you know, starting a conversation this way rather than like, I mean, who likes being called, called these uh, these days, right? I don't. <laughs> so. And also I read some statistics that 78% of sales, um no, sorry. Yeah, salespeople who implement social selling in their sales strategies are 80, 78, sorry. 78,
2: um, percent like more successful than people who don't. So that's, you know, pretty
1: staggering statistics.
2: Can I give some example of uh, some just uh, practical example of uh, social selling, of providing value? How can it work? What, what, do, what kind of uh, social selling do you do for you when trying to attract some, okay. find new clients?
1: Okay, so um, since we're talking about LinkedIn, what I do on LinkedIn, um, according to some specific criteria, algorithm, blah, blah, like, uh, you know, I follow some rules, but basically I post, I try to post every single day and anything that's related to translation, market because I do my, so I try to post stuff about, um, you know, marketing, marketing, translation, business, how creative translation, transcreation, what it can mm-hmm. do for businesses. And I try to. Put out there like a small short post every day so that I and I keep building my network every day and by now I don't even send out requests anymore I just accept people's requests um, and they kind of attract of course not all of them um, in my target market but a lot of them are so by on the side my network is building is building up and in the meantime I'm keeping posting relevant content of you know, things that I want my potential customers or even current clients to know. And it's incredible, like I've been doing this for like six six months, I think now. And it's incredible that once in a while, actually quite often by now, someone will tag me in some different post or, you know, when someone is looking for an Italian translator or whatever, people who I have never talked to they know me because of being mm-hmm. everywhere basically and so they will tag me into that person's post and we're like oh yeah Martina did, like she is your person you need to talk to her and then you start building a relationship with that person who actually needed your expertise in the first place and so that's basically what you want to be doing with your profile
0: uh, I was wondering, what about other activities apart from posting or writing a short post, for example, liking someone posts or leaving comments or trying to engage into conversation? Because we have a question here from uh, Paige, and she asks about LinkedIn behavior, so to speak. For example, posting, liking, commenting, does it help us uh, kind of rise in the ranks of LinkedIn feed and be on top of it?
1: Of course, because every time that you do something on LinkedIn, that... Um, I mean, first of all, your network will be notified or somehow see it because you will pop up in your feed. Um, but also those people's networks and those people's networks, it's basically a, a game. And so every time that you do something, you will um, somehow end up in someone's uh, feed. And once you are building up a community, let's say, or um, a network that's more or less within your target, then you will keep ending up um, in front of the right people. And so every single comment and every single like uh, and every single share, is something that you really need like to think carefully about and, because it's potential marketing all the time. Like every single thing that you do on LinkedIn, you want to make sure that you're, you know, I mean, feel free to be yourself, but just also make sure that you're not somehow doing something that you should not be doing. Yeah. I hope that uh, replies to the question. <laughs>
0: So uh, you you also mentioned uh, previously that uh, we need to kind of establish ourselves as experts in our field, so we could start building a network and uh, become a trustworthy person uh, for people of our network. So how can we establish ourselves as experts, but in particular on LinkedIn for blogging, probably or something else?
1: Well, for in particular for LinkedIn, uh, but yeah, also blogging, I would say or. In any situation but particular LinkedIn it's by putting out relevant content so for example I've been posting a lot of you know I kind of have my themes but I always try to change it up because um, oh actually and there's something that's really important we as a profession like as professionals in the translation industry we tend to post um, and to write stuff for other translators and the thing is that no one else outside of our profession gives you know them <laughs> about <laughs> a lot of what we care so it's okay to talk about grammar linguistics uh whatever but if you do you need to make sure that you do it from the client's perspective so okay this translation sucks but why does it suck like what's you know yes it's lame it's bad whatever it's like i know he hurts you to see something that's written badly but why like it doesn't hurt the client unless it will bring negative results for them Mm-hmm. So it's important that every time that you write, uh, you know, a short form post or whatever on, uh, on any of the platforms, it's important that you always think about what your clients want to, to read. Because otherwise, you're just astra- um, establishing yourself as an expert among translators. But that's not what you want to do, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. So uh, what, what do you want to do then? You, you have to write more content that is focused on... The clients and their niche
1: yes well so first of all uh you need of course that's kind of the basics <laughs> to have your you know personal branding business branding whatever however you want to call it fully defined and you want to know who you're going after who your clients are and who your niche is especially on linkedin for example um so who do you work with so for me for example it's um, mid-sized. Br- like companies in um, different niches. So I have my niches within my niches. <laughs> so for example, I work a lot with action sports, the outdoors and technology, just to name three of them. So I will go after those specific type of companies who need marketing services because they operate on an international scale. Um, but who is my contact person at that particular company? So who will, or might read or who would would I like to read my posts and who's going to be the decision maker for me. So I know that my people might be marketing directors, digital, operations specialists and so forth. So if you work for, I don't know, lawyers, I don't know anything about that industry but I will just make a random example. Maybe the lawyer isn't active on LinkedIn but his secretary is. So you might need to redefine your strategy Um, based upon the research that you you did on who's, you know, using
2: LinkedIn. Go on. I just wanted to ask a question about about niches. Uh, Speaking about niches, uh, what kind of strategy would you recommend to narrow them down or to cast a broader net? What works better on LinkedIn? Okay, so niche down, but keep it relatable.
1: When I'm talking Mm. about posts, okay, I know this is kind of hard to grasp, but for example, (laughs) um, when I talk about translation and marketing translation, I am going after a specific niche, but LinkedIn is a numbers game. So if you keep it super specific, not many people will relate to what you wrote and then the reach of that post won't be uh, enough for you to reach the right people. I know Mm. that kind of sounds hard, but it's not that hard. Once you, like, practice, and then you know. So, for example, if I write, let's say, something about machine translation, marketing, whatever, I keep it specific, I talk about something that's specific, but I use my client's jargon, and then I always end with a call to action and a question that's open enough for anyone who come across the post to answer the question. So, the question doesn't even have to be Specific to translation. Maybe I'm talking about translation and the fact that I translated something so that I keep it on brand I'm still talking about what I did. I'm talking about translation. I'm keeping it on brand But maybe within the post I mentioned And technology and so I will link my question to something that I know that more people can relate to Hmm. I don't know if that was clear enough
0: Okay. Okay. So uh, it seems to me that uh, this whole Uh, LinkedIn uh, network building is uh, depends on uh, uh, blogging a lot so you have to create content you have to uh, create the right kind of content engage with the right kind of content Uh, but uh, a lot of people are not that keen on creating content or writing articles Uh, is there any way for them to still be on LinkedIn and use it simply as a way to find leads, reach out to them and find clients basically without any kind of whole marketing activities like you do.
1: Well, of course there is, it's just not going to have the same effect. You can do, you know, every single tool, everything that you do in your life basically uh, will give you results based on how much effort and what you do with it and how much effort you put into it. So of course, if you just use it to connect with people, it might give some results. But then it's the whole thing of the, the whole social selling aspect of it is kind of put aside, and you just use it as a as another directory, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a different thing. And just for you, like for everyone to know, I am like I hate writing content. I I even like I pay someone to write my like long form articles, and then I go over them to just make sure that they fit my style and everything add and take out like and take up stuff. But somehow it's it's just a small post on LinkedIn. It's only something like I think fourteen hundred characters. So, you know, even if you post once a week or twice a week, then it should be enough. And you don't need you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh if you've been doing this for anywhere between six months and you know one year let's say and longer enough, you will surely have something to say that happen to you during your daily work life or you know or you can go and study some blog about translation and just pick some facts and figures or you can use quotes. You don't need to reinvent the wheel the wheel. You can use existing content and just repurpose that, adding your unique style and voice to it. I mean if you want to stand out, that's the only way. <laughs> you can, you know, you don't need to pause daily. You don't need to like be super crazy about it like I am, kind of upset. But <laughs> You can you know you do need to put some effort into it, or you can just use it as a you know directory, but it's just a different way of using it.
0: do you ever use it as a directly as a or you just focus solely on uh, uh, social selling for example you you find a company that you really want to work for, and you saw in their uh, blog posts that uh, they expanded for example to a new market and you think that's right right now it might be a good idea to introduce yourself would you chase them on linkedin
1: of course i mean next to my marketing translation expert, i should write something like professional stalker (laughs) (laughs) i mean i really
0: go after (laughs) them.
1: so of course i mean if i know um a specific person so for example i almost never use prose prose i don't know i don't even know how to spell it but i don't almost never use prose anymore um, but once in a while I will receive a notification and it just happened to me the other day and something that like really spoke to me that project and I opened it and I found something like a hundred people already bidding in my language pair and I thought okay it's, it's not even worth it so I went and took this person like backwards and they found her on LinkedIn and I connected with her and she accepted my connection and now oh. we're talking so you know if you want to get to it, you can, basically. <laughs> and <laughs> other, another thing that I do, for example, I really like working with action, action sports brand. It's something that I really like doing. So, and I want to work with more of these types of brands. And it's really hard to find contact people in this industry. So what I do is I go on LinkedIn and I use the filter, the filters, um, to track down, like, the exact personal, you know, position, company, type of task that they do, and then I start sending like personalized messages to, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 people, and then just take it from there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we actually have a question uh, from Jose uh, about this whole contacting people, is stalking them. Uh, the, uh, the biggest difficulty that many translators have on LinkedIn is that they're not quite sure what what kind of position the person who can be a decision maker holds in the company. So uh, based on your experience, who do you think it's more efficient to connect to? Somebody from HR maybe or some, somebody who has project manager in their title or something like this? Uh,
1: the question and the answer would be way too vague because it really depends on who you work with. So as I said earlier, for me, it's companies who are mid-sized. So for me, in that case, I will go after marketing directors, um, they actually call themselves, I saw it just today, digital operations specialist, something like that. Um, but earlier, when I was working with smaller companies, I would talk to the CEO of the company because it's such a small company, the CEO is within reach. Um, so even before you get to LinkedIn, you will need to do your own research. You know, if it's an agency, if you're like, if you're someone who likes working with agencies, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you can, uh, you will probably look for project managers. So, depending on whatever and each company and target client that you're after, you will need to do research on that kind of that precise company. So, I'm yeah. afraid I cannot give you a one size fit all answer.
0: Yeah, that's perfectly fine, Rini. I guess that all depends on your niche and where you work with. And as Spyros just mentioned in the comments, uh you have to create a pattern that applies best to your recipients slash wannabe clients. So it's all about understanding your uh target audience and uh, creating a sort of a, a recipe for your marketing activities.
1: Yes. I mean it's your customers are the reason why you're there, right? So <laughs> You need to learn how to speak to them using their language. It's what we do professionally, but somehow it's super hard to translate that into, <laughs> into our marketing. So it took me years to get to this point. And also I think one of the things that we do as professionals is we are really afraid to let our true, like, self, uh, you know, like, like get across. Personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most. Like, every single company, including ourselves, we are a brand, and each brand is unique. So you need to, you know, to let it shine. <laughs> Sounds a little cheesy, but it's true. You need to, yeah, you need to let them see who you are and what you can do for them. And and that's how then you attract them, because otherwise,
2: if you blend blending with everyone else, then you will never send out, basically. Yeah. I think that one of the ways to let that personality shine and to establish your brand, if you will, is to have uh, a good profile on LinkedIn. What are some of your tips to optimize uh, profile? Okay. So, first of all,
1: um, the thing with LinkedIn is that it used to be a strictly a CV platform, and it's just it's just become a social you know selling platform so now it's it's more about talking your clients through first getting to know you then knowing what you can do for them and then kind of taking them through a funnel so you basically need to structure your cv i mean your profile in a way that is not a cv (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and that is basically kind of a in the end, it's going to be a sales page. It doesn't have to feel like one though. It needs to mm-hmm. feel like you're talking to them and you're offering a solution to, the, to their problems, which is kind of marketing 101. But on LinkedIn, you have 1,400 characters on the summary and you need to use those well. And I just, you know, actually, I uh, I just actually fixed my LinkedIn profile yesterday. Um, because i had so when you have the you have the experience section and a lot of people just treat it as a cv you know just an entry of a cv but every single space that you have there is an opportunity that you have to talk people through your process and what you can do for them so what you want to do is to never talk about yourself the only spaces that you should be allowed to talk about yourself are um, your headline And not Mm -hmm. even that, like only 20% of that headline should be talking about yourself. So you need to have a professional headline, um, headline, sorry, headshot, (laughs) photo, picture. (laughs) And so, you know, no fuzzy background, like no, not with your partner, not with your cat. Uh, just, I know it's kind of common sense, but a lot of people, not just us as translators do that. So it's always nice to repeat that and then you need to have a relevant cover like background photo because you can have that you can either keep it neutral and relevant or i mean still neutral and relevant at the same time so for example if you're from toronto just put a photo of toronto whatever (laughs) but um for example now that actually linkedin changed the format of the profile and you have your photo all the way to the left you have a chance to use that to pitch your services again. So I was just, you know, filling with it yesterday and I wrote something like marketing translations for X and X and X types of companies. So that's another space that you can use. So there's that, there's your profile photo. Then you have to use your headline as I was saying earlier and you need to um, condense everything that you are and what you do for your clients in that one short space. And actually something that I don't know if you anyone knows Uh, but if you try to edit your headline from your desktop, um, using LinkedIn from desktop, you have, I don't know how many characters, but for some reason, if you do it from mobile, it lets you exceed all the characters that you want. (laughs) So, you know, just go on mobile and just, (laughs) you know, feel free to to write more. It's just, that's just what I did. So. Yeah. So, for example, in my case, I wrote, and I keep changing it, I wrote marketing translations, um, helping X and X brands sell to their foreign speaking markets, um, Italian and Swiss Italian specialists. So, I kind of have everything in there. And then, on to the next section, then you have the summary section. Now, you, uh, when someone lands on your profile, so the summary section is collapsible, so someone who lands on your profile will see the first lines only, whereas until a couple of weeks ago it was only the first two lines, so now you have more space, which is good. Um, and you need to use those four lines, um, like, wise, where you have the chance to hook your readers, to click in on expand. So then you have uh, 1,400 characters, and you need to kind of create, you know, talk directly to them. Don't just write a dry list of what you do, who you are, because no one cares. Um, Just write what you can do for them. And yeah, and then try um, to add any relevant media and, you know, portfolio, whatever, anything. Like, I even, I don't know, I think that I took a screenshot of my homepage because I didn't know what to, put there, but you can do anything that's relevant to your, um, you know, to what you do. If you want to put your CV, your resume, if you want, you can do that. You can attach a few uh, documents. So that's a great thing that you can use. Yeah, and then trying to get endorsed um, and to add relevant skill sets that you have. And that's it. And then your profile is done. It takes some work and practice to craft a perfect profile, but it's worth it.
0: What about uh, the testimonials? I believe uh, there is an option to have testimonials on LinkedIn profile. Is it still there? Because I haven't checked my LinkedIn in a while, <laughs> to be honest. Yes,
1: yes, it's there, but you need to ask people, like you need to ask someone to uh, actively go and write testimonials for you from their own profile. So either you have someone who's willing to do that, or yeah, (laughs) or that's it, that's that. If for any reason um, you don't have that specific person on LinkedIn or for whatever reason they're busy and they cannot leave your testimonials, but maybe you have that testimonial on your website already, I would suggest to kind of create a nice sheet somewhere, screenshot it, use it as an image, and add it at the beginning as an attachment, for example. So you kind of work around the issue.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh one of the top questions uh, right now that we have uh, in our ask a question section is about LinkedIn Premium. I'm not sure if you're using a premium version of LinkedIn, uh but if you do, uh can you share a few things about this uh, premium feature of LinkedIn and what kind of functionality does it have and is it worth it at all?
1: Okay, so I didn't So, basically, you can pick between three plans, I think, or two plans. I don't know which one I picked, (laughs) but I I am on the premium one. So, I'm not sure if I picked the sales navigator or just the premium one. I am on some premium plan anyway. Um, And it's definitely worth it if you're serious about prospecting. So, you have the chance to really, like, niche down. You have some filters, and then you have – um, like a separate interface where you can actually stalk your leads. So basically, every single time that someone in your network who you mark as a lead in a specific category, for example, um, publishes something or whatever, you get a notification straight into your inbox, and then you can just go there and just interact with them. So that really helps you be on top of your game, which you kind of can't select if you don't if you're not on that plan. And also it allows you to um, see who is visiting your profile, which can be a good thing because if you're not on the premium plans, then you only see, I think, the first four or five or something like that. Um, Whereas with the premium one, you see everyone. And for example, for me, it's it's been really useful because then you can go and select people based on your own criteria, of course. And then you can get in touch with them and just be casual and be like, hey, I saw I received a notification that you are visiting, visiting my um, profile and I was impressed by yours, whatever, just, you know, something. Just never try to pitch your services. Just, just mention something that you have in common. Be nice and most people will accept your request because they came to see your profile in the first place. So somehow they were interested
2: in your profile. So, We have a comment from uh, Paige, saying that you can use the free trial of the premium plan something like once a quarter, so it might be a good opportunity to try some things out.
1: Yeah, definitely, I mean if you want to try it out it's definitely useful to just Mm -hmm. try it out with the free trial because it doesn't really come that cheap, it's something anywhere and I think that the pricing depends on the country. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was just making a test, and I was going from Italian side to to Swiss side, <laughs> and the Swiss LinkedIn kind of like aims really high, so <laughs> mm-hmm. the Italian one was a little cheaper. But yeah, I
0: yeah. wonder if you re- register for the premium plan on uh, in another country through VPN or something <laughs> would it still work for Maybe. you. Maybe <laughs> I <don't>
1: know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I wanted to look into it. I meant the thing is that it's not really the thing with with LinkedIn is that it's really being like going through a massive changes, and they keep changing the interfaces. Yes. So it it keeps changing. And a few weeks ago, I was trying to look into this Premium sales Navigator thing, and I couldn't quite find the right settings. And I'm kind of l- run low on patience, and <laughs> I gave up. But I will go back to it. <laughs> yeah. I will try to look at it again. But it's definitely useful. So if anyone has the budget for it, definitely just put some like put it to to try.
0: Yeah. Or you can always try a free a trial as Paige suggests to see if it works for you. But yeah, I guess yeah. uh, it will you you'll have to figure out your sales strategy, your brand and everything first before you jump to this whole premium LinkedIn features because you, you really need to have this everything else is figured out and ready to be at in action. Uh, we have another question from.
1: Say, oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. oh, just on the, on the premium thing. It's, it, I mean, it's not essential. You can just focus on creating content first. Yeah. Um, as I said, it doesn't have to be that difficult. I know that sometimes life gets in the way, so you don't have to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, do it every single day, but you can try every, you know, once a week or whatever. And yeah. I mean, just focus on that. And then in a second, at a later time, you can look into that in uh, the premium thing if you see that it works for you. Every single platform is great for everyone. For example, I hate Twitter. Uh, If you go to my Twitter page, it's basically my LinkedIn content repurposed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 It's because I I even forgot to, to fix that. I just realized that the other day. So, you know, just see if it works for you before investing any money.
0: Absolutely, that's common sense there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we have another question from uh, Renata, and I think it's a very interesting topic. Uh, what do you think about LinkedIn groups for lending clients? Uh, do you find groups useful? Is there any way you can land a client there?
1: They're kind of dead. <laughs> like they, they were very useful for, for a while, but now they're kind of dead. And I think I heard. That I was, that they were trying to um, bring them back to life, but it's not that far yet. So it's kind of useless. I mean, I tried to look into um, several, um, you know, groups, but it didn't really work. I mean, it was not, they're dead. There's no one writing, no one posting
2: anything. So it, it kind of doesn't make any sense right now.
0: Interesting. I um,
2: I remember having having not quite some good experience with uh, LinkedIn groups. I wrote a post for a LinkedIn group of uh, I think it was a group of uh, boutique hotel owners or something like that. And basically, there was absolutely nothing salesy in that post. It was just information about. Uh, ways to make your website translation work for you. The only thing that was uh, uh, that could be seen as trying to sell something was the fact that I was a translator. <laughs> so that was it. And uh, the post—I really liked the post. I actually posted it later. Posted it later on my blog. And uh, the post was uh, moved to promotion section or something like that, where no one could see it. It was kind of disappointing <laughs> so, yeah. yeah i mean it's uh, I
1: would just tear away from i actually've been looking into groups for i mean i've really been studying the group thing and it's just you know it's just kind of useless mm. and yeah i have i am active in one group and there's only one person posting i mean i am active on a few i have something like fifty groups mm. <laughs> that I am in, but there is something like one person posting every once every month and mm. that's it. Yeah. So it's, Not yeah. you you're better yeah, direct your efforts elsewhere. But mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's interesting to know that there is a comment from uh, uh, Xantra uh, that groups are useful to message other members of the group without having to pay for in-mail. In so this is probably Xantra? one of the ways to...
1: Xantra? What did you say?
0: Uh, groups are useful if you want to send a message to other members of the same group. Without not have to pay for the LinkedIn <laughs> messages
1: okay yeah I guess <laughs> I have not really used them that way but yeah I mean it's much easier for me to go after people like according to their interests their skill set and their position or headline it's just much more efficient for me also because maybe someone entered a group like f- five years ago mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I forgot about it like what I did um I think that I am still in some super lame groups and no one ever uses and yeah
2: we have a couple of questions that are actually related to each other uh, so our viewer uh, Rosa asked I have been on lin- in LinkedIn for a long time and have never been contacted for a job offer what can I do to be contacted So is there any ways to, anything that we can do to let prospects come to us instead of the other way around? Yes, well, optimize your profile Mm -hmm. in a way that showcases what you do, but most importantly,
1: that talks to people, like to your customers, so that they know that you can do something for them, and then start producing content in, so that they will find you instead of you having to find them. Mm Before I started using LinkedIn this way, I would be contacted by, I don't know, maybe one person per month, which is not too bad, but that's just because I have a specific niche. Um, And so some, like, these people are still finding me. But it's, you know, it really changes your game. I've been sending out so many quotes this year, and, and, like, high-end quotes. And it's, I mean, it's really changed the game. So if you want to get people to, come to you then you have to be active that's the only way <laughs> for you to do that
2: and where do you get ideas for your posts especially if you're posting every single day do you follow a content calendar or a content plan i wish that i could say that i have a content calendar
1: <laughs> but I, I don't i'm not that organized i try to i swear i try to i just can't do that i, I, I kind of try to schedule things but i and i, I, don't know, I skip them and, I try to take inspiration from my daily life. So, for example, uh, of course, you need to be able to have n- like non-NDA protected mm-hmm. work to do that sometimes. So, sometimes, I, luckily, I can refer to some of my projects that I'm working on. Um, other times, I will just go and look at the news and, or, you know, my ex- experience on visiting a website and just finding machine translation horrors. Um, or I will go online and find some statistics, uh, some funny things, some quotes, uh, jokes, anything. And sometimes I run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to write about. A couple of days I will skip, but most of the time I will manage to find something that I can write about.
2: What kind of news do you mean? Do you mean industry news uh, for your client's niche or some other kind of translation news? What kind of news? What well, kind of? I didn't, I, yes, I, how... I didn't understand what you said. Yes, but I didn't
1: understand what
2: you Okay. Uh, what kind of news do you mean? Do you mean industry news for your client's niche? Or... Uh, news. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I
1: understand news and I didn't oh, okay. understand. <laughs> uh, news.
2: Uh, well,
1: sometimes I try to look up, for example, Slater. Um, I don't know how you say that. Like, It's a Swiss one, so Swiss um, based. But I think everyone knows that Slater. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a lot of interesting insights. Um, I really like Lingua Greca, it's pretty mm-hmm. famous among translators as well, because yep. they have a lot of relevant stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I try to look up industry-specific news, but then I extrapolate what I need and I turn them in a way that my, you know, target customers or whatever, whoever mm-hmm. in my network, and people who end on my network, on my post, will be able to relate with that. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe, I don't, I don't know how to make a specific example now, but if there is something that, um, I don't know, it's very relevant for us, like statistic wise, maybe I will take 10% of what is being said in that post
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: I don't know, couple it with something else that I took from another post, put them together and then add my own unique thing. And that's going to make it interesting. Because yeah. by now people also know that I have my own, you know, voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's my brand and so it's, So that works that way.
2: Yeah, sounds interesting. We also have a couple of great comments from uh, Paige regarding content and uh, creating content. So first, you can recycle the heck out of your content too. use it across different platforms. And Paige also keeps a list of content ideas on her desktop. Then when she's ready, she does some research, reads, digests, writes, and posts. A great idea as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I mean, if you can be organized about it, I fully suggest to do that. <laughs> it takes a lot of the stress out of it, out of the whole process. So
0: yeah,
1: if you can do that, uh,
0: definitely. I, I basically I'm doing I'm doing the same. I also have a list of ideas that I want to pursue, and sometimes when I have time or inspiration, uh, I will just jot down a few ideas, uh, like a bullet list, uh, what I want to write about in a particular post. For example, I come up with an idea of a post uh, and. Uh, in order not to forget what I wanna to, wanted to to write about. I would just jot down a few ideas in it, in, a, in a sort of a bullet list, and then when I have proper time, I will get back to it and do some research, of course, and and writing and, and posting. But the problem is time. Well,
1: <laughs> I know I do that too. But for example, so just to give you an example, today I was uh, I was booking a flight, and I ended up on Ryanair's website, and to my horror, in like the Italian version of it, instead of like where it said save 10% in Italian, and I, am sure that my, uh, our Italian people here will agree. It should say, it should have said risparmia il 10%, and instead it, it said salva il 10%, and it drove me crazy. And it's definitely something that I'm, I'm going to be writing about tomorrow. So it's just something that's simple, you know. I, I, oops, my cat, I'm sorry.
2: It's okay, cats are welcome
0: here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we have a, a cat friendly show. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Hello. <laughs> so, she's really wants some love. She's been, like, scratching my leg forever now. <laughs> i trying to keep her down. It didn't work. Uh, anyway. So, it's definitely something that I, that I will be uh, writing about tomorrow. I'm going to be writing a small post. The thing is that I've been writing so many times about machine translation and like non-professional translators doing damage to companies, but I always make it first in a fun and light way. I never mm-hmm. bought um, bad mouth <laughs> companies. Um, mm-hmm. I never make like, you know, mm, like say names. Sense. I just make an example and I give all the things that are wrong with that thing. Um, but So people know, they can relate to it but I never say anything bad about anyone. Actually, there's something mm-hmm. that I really want to say because it happened to me um, when I write a post, it only happens when I write something about translation. Um, for example, the other day, I don't know what I was writing, something like brand are willing to pay this much money and brand B is willing to pay that much money and who do you think is going to be more successful, blah, blah, blah. And it was a very fun, light-hearted um, post about, you know, Brands, brands being cool because they know uh, that they should be you know putting that much money into their translation efforts and everyone outside of the translation industry were, went on and, and thanked me for bringing it up and they were so right and blah 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 and then we had something like five translators <laughs> showing up and just starting writing like you know oh yes but clients are crap and they don't pay and so on and so forth guys mm. I know that's hard to resist. Sometimes just don't do it because it puts you in a really bad light. No one wants to work wants to work with a complainer, especially if you go around and do it in public, Mm -hmm. and especially in on a platform like LinkedIn, where everyone sees what you do. Like keep the moaning in translation forums. If you have to moan, like it's better if you don't. (laughs) You don't do it altogether. But if you have to, just keep it away from the public light.
0: You know, yeah, you you, know, also so you also have, you, you also have your family members for it.
1: <laughs> or cats, yes. <laughs>
0: or cats. Or it's pets. okay. You know, <laughs> to invent.
1: We, we have a whole. We have a whole Facebook with mm-hmm. uh, you know things. translators never say. Just go there and invent. Just don't make names, never anywhere. <laughs> but just don't do it on LinkedIn, especially not on your colleagues' posts either, because that's going to put you in a bad light. It's bad marketing. That's what it is.
0: Yep. So uh, we have a question from Spiros, and this is something uh, I also wanted to ask about blogging. Uh, For example, many translators have websites and some of them have blogs, and they would probably prefer blogging on their website rather than writing LinkedIn articles. Do you think we should focus on one thing or the other, or maybe on both?
1: Why can't you do both? I mean, who's going to come onto your website? like you have to get people to leave whatever they're doing and come onto your website whereas on LinkedIn you are on a platform that's made for people to interact to be there so it's much easier to reach people on LinkedIn directly like and then but that that doesn't mean that you cannot promote your blog stuff onto your uh, on LinkedIn you know so i would say just do your blogging do your thing but it's much easier to reach the right kind of people. Like, who's going to be asked to get onto your website? Like, do you think that your client, uh, who's not even your client, yet, your lead, who's doing their thing, you still need to convince them. Like, unless you really have warm contacts, then it's going to be really hard to get them to come onto your blog. You know, so it's going to be much easier to um, to get that.
0: Like, well, uh content. blog is a uh, good way to promote yourself on Google, and if you do it correctly, you can increase your search engine optimization. So eventually, it's, it's more of a long-term game, I think.
1: Yes. They're both kind of long-term, like LinkedIn doesn't really show results in, in immediately. but It takes maybe one month, two months, depending on how consistent you are. Um, definitely blogging is also, um, blogging is also, like, if you do it properly, it's also a great strategy, of course. I know that you're really good at it, so...
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm really good at it, uh, <laughs> yes, I, do, also, I, do, I do receive a couple you. of requests a month from my website but uh, I wouldn't say that I had major success and found some top-list clients yeah, from, f- from my the website. The thing is
1: that, like, blogging requires a lot of time, like, for you, I don't know how long it takes you to write a blog post, I, I hate okay. writing, like, Sometimes long posts. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, you know, so I actually hired someone who re- writes like long blog posts for me, and then I fix them, I make them sound like me, I add and take things from them, but it's it's much easier to write a daily pill, you know, and it's also more consistent, because can you realistically blog one today? I don't think so. <laughs> but on LinkedIn, you can post one today, and that's like the daily pill, and that's how you are every single day out there in front of people you're not spamming them, you're just doing your thing and then whoever comes across you, you're fine, you know?
0: Yeah. I guess uh, you can do both and there is no, 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 no nothing bad about it. You, you, can, you can always publish a, an article on your blog and then a couple of days later probably repurpose it for LinkedIn, make it maybe shorter, more condensed. And yes, exactly. Interact all with your network on LinkedIn directly.
1: Yes, exactly. You can also like LinkedIn even offers um like a blogging platform and it's getting more reach and visibility right now. Uh it's getting it's getting more important. So, you know, you can definitely repurpose the blog post, just change a little, like a few bits here and there and just repurpose it on LinkedIn and that's going to give you more reach on LinkedIn than it on your blog post, for
2: example. You know? Uh, we have one last question from uh, Macarena. You actually mentioned NDAs uh, during our conversation, but uh, she's asking Should we include the names of the companies we work with in our LinkedIn profiles? Uh, and she asked it because, as translators, we usually don't disclose who we work with. Well, it depends if you have NDAs with these companies. So, you know, I have a few
1: direct clients and I have displayed all of them on my website. I have testimonials from them. Um, I'm actually working on including two case studies about them on my website. Mm-hmm. Of course, I will ask for their uh, approval, like if they're happy with it. Um, otherwise, I will just do an anonymized uh, case study. <laughs> um, of course, or you can, you know, write about your mark, um Translation agencies, I don't know, it really depends. I wouldn't probably write about all of my translation agencies if I only work with translation agencies. Just because, you know, <laughs> because it's a different thing than a direct company, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Easier for your colleagues to just, I don't know. It's not like if you don't, if you're not afraid of competition and if you think that you are really placeable with within the translation agency, that's fine. But you never know. I would rather maybe keep it off the, you know, the public better in some way. I don't know. It's just my, how I feel about it. Because I've seen some colleagues do some weird, weird stuff in the past. So <laughs> I'd rather just keep it at that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, Macarena, I can, I, I know what you mean. So I would just focus on maybe listing the, not list, I don't know, just kind of, um, you know, always working around your NDA. Never be too specific about kind of work that you're doing. Uh, but maybe say, you know, an automotive brand and how you yeah. you, know, you work with. So never say for because that puts you in the position of being an employee. Just say with an employee. Like, you work with a mm-hmm. company. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I just wanted to say that because sometimes it's easy to forget. You know, you mm-hmm. work with automotive companies, automotive brands, or Pharmaceutical brand. You always, you can always, um, you know, just
2: mention the type of companies or work that you do. Mm-hmm. So actually, when you think about it, it's not that um, hard to. Work around those NDAs because you don't have to talk about. Actually, you don't have to talk about the companies you work with, uh, but you can say what you did for them and about talk about the projects that you did for them without going into any particular details. So,
1: yeah, as so long as you don't make names and you don't yeah uh, you don't mention names and you don't you don't make that project like like impossible. It's, it's just that specific process uh, yeah. project. Yeah. Like it's identifiable with a project then you're you're good to go
2: mm. Uh what so we're nearing one hour mark and we have answered all the questions uh, to conclude our conversation uh, Martina what uh, would be your I don't think I don't know three top tips for for someone who wants to start marketing their services on LinkedIn
1: well <laughs> I haven't said so far so just go and optimize your (laughs) profile make sure that you're talking to your prospects all the time never talk about yourself just make sure that you are there talking to them Um, and then try and produce content be brave get out of your comfort zone if you don't nothing is ever going to change on LinkedIn and on whatever areas of life so just try it out don't be afraid um actually if you are afraid you can try there's a group called my silent voice i think and, and it's exactly for people who are afraid of stepping out of the comfort zone and just putting themselves out there and so you can go and practice and, and try it there so just try it out and it's it's a it's non-going never-ending working progress you're never going to reach perfect state it's just it's just constant learning so just do it <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you repeat the name can you repeat the name of the group again that you mentioned? Somebody's asking in the question. My
1: site I think. Okay. My silent voice. It was um, put up set up by one of my contacts, so I know. So that's why I know. Mm.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll probably then share a link to this group uh, after the recording has ended and we'll publish everything on the open mic. Cool.
2: Okay, thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh, I'm sure this uh, that a lot of people will find this webinar useful because LinkedIn is a hot topic. We actually mentioned it during our previous webinar and uh, thank you everyone who was with us tonight or today depending on where in the world you are. Uh, please don't forget to share this webinar with your friends and colleagues who couldn't join us today. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the website of our sponsor at smartcat.ai. You can press the green button below or the first link uh, in the description if you are watching this in the recording. Also, visit our website at translatorsonair.com and subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss our future webinars. We always have amazing guests who share a lot of great tips that will help you thrive in your translation business. And we'll see you next week. That's it for today. Bye.
0: Thank you so much, Martina. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys. Bye.